0: And call now, 212-209-2950. Become a WBAI buddy.
1: Do it now. Do it today
0: while you're thinking about it. Thank you. And you are tuned to listener-sponsored,
1: non-commercial WBAI in New York City, 99.5 FM,
0: streaming at wbai.org, that is. And it's time now for Night Shift with Mike Sargent
2: and the entire crew.
1: The ice is going to break, How
2: does
0: it feel? It,
3: Feels like the times have changed.
0: to be here it is always appropriate to be here contemplate if you ever happen to be someplace and you contemplate I'm not here where are you? so in this moment be here be here wherever here happens to be. In this day and time, we have gathered together to contemplate, to dialogue this that is called... Night shift again. 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 again night shift
2: again
0: night shift again night shift
2: again
0: night shift
3: again night shift again night shift night shift again i'll be damn late now where are my people 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 where are my people
0: tips. i
2: I <laughs> just...
4: You to listener radio, WBAI 99.5 FM in New York and on the web at WBAI.org. I'm Mike Sargent, and it is the end of 2022, or very near the end. It's December 26th. And as you know, we've been celebrating the 30th anniversary throughout this year. And one of the most significant things to have happened this year in 2022 Think for the film industry, and for me specifically as an African American filmmaker, film critic, and film lover, was the passing of Sidney Portier, which happened right at the beginning of the year. And I produced a special at that time, and I'm going to play that for you now, here, as a gift for those who may not have gotten to hear it. I do an interview with Bobby Rivers, who is a Journalist and VJ from VH1 back in the day, and just a founder of knowledge about Sydney, and brings many of his both professional and personal points of view to our tribute to Sydney Poitier. So, part of what I will be doing is discussing him, playing trailers, clips from his movies, and playing some of the scores to Sydney Poitier films, including one of my favorites, which is a film called Shoot to Kill.
5: In the adrenaline section, there's this knee-knocking hour here, and I won't delay anymore to present the award for the best actor, the very brilliant Academy Award-winning actress of last year, Miss Anne Bancroft. the best performance by an actor are albert finney in tom jones richard harris in this sporting life rex harrison in cleopatra paul newman in hub sydney poitier in lilies of the field
3: the winner is sydney poitier
0: Because it is a long journey to this moment, I am naturally indebted to countless numbers of people, principally among whom are Ralph Nelson, James Poe, William Barrett, Martin Baum, and of course the members of the Academy. For all of them, all I can say is a very
4: special thank you. Sidney Poitier was born February 20th, 1927, and unfortunately he passed yesterday, January 6th, 2022. He was born in the Bahamas and moved to Miami at the age of 15 and then to New York City when he was 16 and joined the American Negro Theater. The breakout film was Blackboard Jungle in 1955, and then in 1958, this is when he really was put on the map, he was in a film with Tony Curtis called The Defiant Ones, called The Defiant Ones, which received nine Academy Award nominations. Both he and Tony Curtis were nominated for Best Actor, and at the time, he was the first, or, well, later on we'll get into exactly what that means... And to talk about Sidney Poitier and his impact on film, black culture, and just the world of entertainment, I brought a special guest, Bobby Rivers, who is an entertainment contributor and currently a writer for the Turner Movie Classics channel. Bobby Rivers, welcome to Real World and WBAI.
6: Mike, glad to be with you. How are you doing? Um, You know... Other than the fact
4: that we're here to talk about something slightly somber and also slightly joyful at the same time, I'm
6: doing good. God, you know, the news, I got up early, I logged on, and I saw the news, and I went, oh, please let this not be true. And then I admit it. I just I, I sat here and I quietly cried because Sidney Poitier was so, and will be, so significant to me.
4: Tell me your first discovery of Sidney Poitier and maybe what he meant uh, to you you and to your household and to just, you know, you're a little older than me. So you, you maybe felt the impact of his career on Hollywood and for black folks in America.
6: Okay. I, I grew up in South central Los Angeles, considering the fact that I'm such a movie geek, I had great parents because my parents loved going to the movies, whether they were Hollywood films or foreign films you know, they, they said, subtitles, we'll read them, they go. I vividly recall being a little boy sitting in the backseat of the Plymouth, going to the drive-in on a weekend when my parents went to see a movie with Sidney Poitier. We saw A Raisin in the Sun.
0: My name is David Suskind, and my business is producing entertainment for television and motion picture theaters. I have recently completed a new motion picture, A Raisin in the Sun. It is based on the play acclaimed by every drama critic in every city in which it was performed. It received the highest honor a play can receive, the New York Drama Critics Circle Award. Here is entertainment which is rare and unique, vastly different from anything you have experienced. I promise this to each and every one of you. When you see this picture, you will live it. After you leave the theater, you will talk about it. And for a long time afterward, you will remember a raisin in the sun.
5: Walter, leave me alone. Eat your eggs, you're going
0: to be cold. A man say to his woman, I got me a dream. She says, eat your eggs, they're getting cold. man say to this woman, help me now to take a hole in this world somehow, and she says, eat your eggs and go to work. I tell you, i got to change my life because I'm choking to death, and all you say to me is eat these eggs. Now,
7: there simply is no God. There's only man, and it's he who makes miracles.
2: To me,
3: in my mother's house, there is still God. Quiet
6: ones.
0: Big talk about Charlie Potatoes when the chain's off and nobody chasing you. Come on. You can't, can you? You can't because you're nothing. You're not even a man. You're a monkey on a stick. That cracker mob back there, they pull the string and you jump. I'm a strange colored man in a white south town. How long you think before they pick me up?
1: Get off my back. I am married to you. Now, what do oh. I care?
0: Come oh. on. You married to me, all right, Joker. And here's the ring, but I ain't going south on no honeymoon now. we going north. Time's going to come, Joe. The time's going to come.
1: Go on. Burn their eyes out. Can't go lynching me. I'm a white man. I'll tell you the kind of white man you are. And I'll be Charlie Potatoes. Charlie Potatoes coming down the street.
2: No more yes <laughs>
6: Pressure Point, which is a a Sidney Poitier movie that a lot of people don't know about.
0: what I wanted most despite what you are and despite what you were I wanted to help you I wanted to kill you and I would enjoy to kill you right now with my bare hands but more than I wanted to kill you I wanted to help you
2: Experience with a woman that
0: wasn't entirely physical. Did you ever want to kill your father?
3: When I was a kid, I used to lie awake and my praying he would die. And when he didn't, I'd think of ways to do it myself. Pick him up and put him on the counter.
6: of the field, especially when I saw him in A Raisin in the Sun. And I was a little kid, but I remember thinking, wow, these are are people who were like my parents. He's like my dad. My dad talks like that. I saw my parents. I saw our neighbors. I saw our community. I saw myself. In Sydney Poitier performances on a giant screen. And that was so significant to me. And I could e- even chart moments in my life that connected to Sydney Poitier movies. Like later on, we went to the drive in and saw in the heat of the night. And, you know, in Los Angeles, you know, we're, 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 we were blessed with Pacific weather all year round. And so some people had their windows rolled down in their cars. When Sydney delivered the slap heard around the world, you could just hear people go Wah! at the drive-in in their cars. It was, it was amazing.
0: Why'd you two come here? To ask you about Mister Colbert.
3: Let me understand this.
0: You two came here to question me? Well, your... your attitudes, Mr. Endicott, your points of view are a matter of record. Some people, well, let us say the people who work for Mr. Colbert, might reasonably regard you as the person least likely to mourn his passing. We were just trying to clarify some of the evidence. Was Mr. Colbert ever in this greenhouse, say, last night, about midnight? Good, Espy?
3: Yeah. You saw it. I saw it. Well, what are you going to do about it? I don't know. I remember that. There was a time when I could have had you shot.
0: damn well clear out and i mean that. what about that big speech you gave me this morning i didn't know you're going to slap any white man at least of all in the car all right give me another day two days i'm close i can pull that fat cat down i can bring him right off this hill oh boy man you're just like the rest of us ain't you
6: weekly visitation, rights with Dad. And on a weekend when we didn't, Dad called me and said, promise me you will go to the movies and see A Patch of Blue. And and that was was unusual for my dad to to go out of his way to give a recommendation, recommendation like that. But he did.
3: of blue is destined to be talked about wherever motion pictures are discussed. Ah! You're safe now. Don't cry. Ah! A patch of blue introduces an exciting new star, Elizabeth Hartman, in the sensitive, glowing story of a blind girl's discovery of a world she has never before known.
0: Here. Yeah. I brought you a present. Take it. Put them on.
5: It's glasses.
0: Not quite. They're sunglasses. They're just as I thought. What? Now you're a very
3: pretty girl.
7: Oh, you pulled my leg.
3: <laughs> no, I mean it. This is also the story of a young man who helps her. A refreshing characterization by Sidney Poitier, with all the warmth and humor of his Academy Award performance in Lilies of the Field.
2: <laughs> it's ringing. <laughs>
3: in contrast, shock drama stems from the violent emotional impact of the girl's home life, provoked by Shelley Winters at the wanton mother. You no, And Wallace Ford as the dissolute grandfather. A patch of blue is also a story of rare understanding. You cannot go on living the way you are. It's a dark age story. I
2: don't know what else I can do.
3: Well, there must be some way. A film with something to say, and it says it with humor. Mounting excitement, gripping suspense, and unforgettable entertainment.
6: You know, of course, I remember seeing the seeing the Oscars the night that Sidney won, and you could almost hear our entire block, one hundred twenty fourth and Central, cheering when it was announced that he had won the Oscar for Lilies of the Field. And you know, there were, like like I said, there are so many pivotal moments in my it. I I feel pivotal moments, or so many memorable moments in my life, that seem to connect to a Sidney Poitier movie and performance in later years. Sydney Poitier affected some of my career choices because when I was a kid, yes, did I want to be an actor like Sidney Poitier or Steve McQueen or you, you know Paul Newman? Yes, but I didn't have that. I wasn't I wasn't graced with that talent. So what I wanted to do was get on TV and talk about entertainment. Because I noticed that in, in, in Los Angeles, on local TV, there was no lack for TV hosts. All the hosts were white. All the people who did entertainment news were white, you know, because local news in LA, you know, Hollywood was like, you know, one of the main factories. So we did the news. And I never saw anybody black doing entertainment news or doing celebrity interviews like Dick Cavett or Murph Griffin did. And that affected the work. You know, I wanted to go. On TV and do that kind of work to, because I felt we deserved a seat at the table and to talk about, to talk about like the work of Sidney Poitier and, 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 and what he meant and, and review films that had uh, actors of color, you know, because we were getting the reviews from predominantly white male critics. So, Sydney Portier was very significant to me.
4: Well, you know, it's interesting uh, that you mentioned Patch of Blue because yeah. for me, you know, I, I'm like I said, I'm a bit younger, but you know, Sydney Portier was definitely brought up and dandied about in my house, and my parents are big oh, movie yeah. fans as well, yeah. and of course, big Sydney Portier fans. And I remember I knew who Sydney Portier was, you know, yeah. but I, I didn't quite. Get what he meant. I had seen as a kid. I had seen "Let's Do It Again" and yeah. uh, "Uptown Saturday Night." And oh, so you, you saw, I, you saw I the knew, later work. Yeah, I saw the later work, and I knew him as you know him and Bill Cosby, this team, right? Doing the stuff, and so I knew he had this history, right? You know, because I was a kid, but I, you know, any I think any black kid in America knew who Sidney Poitier was, right? And uh, so this is the seventies, and some point later on in my life when i was in high school maybe this is uh, maybe high school a little later this is going yeah. to the 80s now and i watched patch of blue one night it came on i didn't know anything about it and i never heard of it it was black and white it was on little tiny tv and it was the first movie that ever made me cry
6: oh my gosh
4: and i never forgot it and, I, and of course for me at the time, as, as an, uh, uh I'm a I, film lover too. Yeah. I had a Jerry Goldsmith score. I totally
6: was, understand. <laughs> and, and I, and, and that, and, and Liz, you know, the late Elizabeth Hartman was so perfect yes. at the blind age, and Shelly Winters as her.
4: <laughs> oh, forget Ooh. about it. And, and, you know, the end of the film and, and, and all the people who was, who were in it, Ivan Dixon played his brother and just the whole idea. You know, and this was something that I was dealing with at the time, just the idea of, of if you're black and should you date a a white girl and what does that mean? I mean, it was further on, but just the idea of this unrequited, like you're there. You can't allow yourself to feel. And I had had my heart broken. Yeah. Uh, to to truth be told, by a girl who told me she couldn't date me because uh, she felt she'd be betraying her father, and she was Italian. And this was, you know, this was a you devastating know- thing for me in high school. So seeing right. this movie uh, again for what Sidney Poitier represented to me at the time was just it was devastating. Uh, and I realized why he was. Sydney Portier. He, he was so,
6: significant. <laughs> yes. And so. and I, you know, I, I get that. And maybe people in the mainstream would think, Oh, but you know, that's kind of too sentimental. No, it's not because in later year, when I was in college, Oh, I went to college in Milwaukee. So I grew up in LA. I went to college in Milwaukee and stayed there after I graduated because that's where I got my first Professional broadcast work and, and speaking as a member of the LGBT community, I would, I'd ask guys out and, and would get a response of, you know, I really like you. You've got so much quality. You're a great guy, but I don't know how my parents would feel about me dating a black guy, you know? And then I always wanted to say, how would your parents feel about you dating another guy? Period you know.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, you would like the double taboo. It's interesting that you say that because that literally, of course, is the plot of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, one of his most famous roles. And I remember seeing that film as well. And probably, like you said, uh, in the heat of the night, that cemented for me like, wow, he's one of the greatest actors I've ever seen. Exactly. And you know
6: what? I'm sorry to put in, but, Isn't it a surprise that he did not get a Best Actor Oscar nomination for In the Heat of the Night?
4: And you mean, and that uh, his
6: co star did? Yeah, and Rod, (laughs) you know, nothing against Rod Steiger. You know, Rod Steiger won the Oscar for Best Actor, but Sidney never got another Oscar nomination after he won the Oscar for Lilies of the Field.
4: No. No, and what's interesting also about Sidney and his career is. Uh, and now we see a lot more actors doing it, but a certain point, even when he still when he had the power right in Hollywood right he turned to directing and oh. directed some of the biggest hits you know people don't people don 't even realize he, he directed they, stir crazy
6: they don 't they know the movie, but they don 't realize that sitting directed it and also I have to say this i'm i 'm positive you 've seen the movie Buck. And The Preacher.
4: Let me tell you something. Still the best black Western ever. Okay?
6: Preach it or preach it, my brother.
4: uh, uh, Text, context, context. Everything. Love Buck and, and the Preacher. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, these lo, other movies, harder it, they fall. Uh, you know, I love my brother, Manuel from I love uh, no. jang, Jangle, Buck, Unchained. Jangle, I appreciate you, it. I appreciate Buck
6: what you do. But and Buck the Preacher. He got one of Belafonte's best screen performances out of Belafonte. Absolutely. And also, you know, Sydney had this one. Uh, you know, I'm just going to go there. White entertainment reporters won't mention this because they won't get it. But Sidney had this long history with Ruby Dee. Like yes. they were they were on Broadway in the original production of a Raisin in the Sun. Yes. And blessedly they repeated their performances in the film. But Sidney's first lead role was in a, uh a, a movie about racism and he was a doctor called No Way Out. And a Ruby is in that with Ossie. They're uncredited, but there he is with Ruby. And he, they make a raisin in the sun. And go back and look at Buck and, and the Preacher again. And I, I, I still feel that Ruby D should have been a best supporting actress Oscar nominee for that performance. In Buck and the Preacher, look at it again. It is a strong performance. And she only got one nomination years later for American Gangster. but Man, Sydney had chops as a director.
4: Uh, he, he absolutely did. And, and it's what's interesting is if you look at his films, uh, he made the Uptown Saturday Night, uh, yeah. and, and Stir Crazy, uh, and, and, you know, uh, Let's Do It Again. Right. But he also made a Western, you know, that's a completely ah. different genre. And, you know, he, he also, uh let's just say I think Sidney is sort of the penultimate uh both he's sort of an actor's actor, but he's also uh got some of the best work, like you said, out of Harry Belafonte. got some of the best work exactly. I think out of out of Richard Pryor, out of Gene Wilder, out of Bill Cosby, you know. And right. and let's let's not even get into the entire cast of the Uptown Saturday night films because oh,
6: oh, oh, everybody sorry. in
4: there. Uh, everybody,
6: everybody. So you know that uh, just circles the church, and you, it, it, if I can talk about lilies of the field for just a moment, it, in later years, I came to feel that lilies of the field, that Oscar, was not just for that performance, no, which is, but it was like, you know, he had done Blackboard Jungle. When Fox likes
2: to
3: are now listening to Rock Around the Clock. This is the theme music from MGM's sensational new picture, Blackboard Jungle. Many people said the story could not, must not, dared not be shown. The picture already has the movie and book world gasping. Blackboard Jungle deals with an explosive subject, the teenage terror in the schools. It is the frankest, the toughest, the most realistic film since On the Waterfront. It is fiction, but fiction torn from big city modern savagery. It packs a brass knuckle punch in its startling revelation of those teenage savages who turned big city schools into a clawing jungle. Black Jungle will be the talk of this town. Don't miss it.
5: I love you. I was silly and vain and selfish, so I doubted you. I was like one of the bad kids in your class. Somebody told me a lie, and I believed that lie. One's as bad as the other. So
3: I want to tell you something.
5: I was wrong about something else, too.
3: But you see, this is my classroom, and you're in it. And when I could teach you, first lesson is don't put in. Don't. Because. Just plunk out for good.
6: Mm -hmm. Edge of the City with John
5: Cassavetes. A script girl has to check every detail of actual filming against the scenes described in the script. That's my job. Usually I forget a picture the day the shooting lines up, but I just finished work on a picture called A Man is 10 Feet Tall. It's so offbeat and real and not like most pictures. Well, I, I just can't get it out of my mind. A man is 10 feet tall is about a kind of relationship you've never seen on the screen. John Cassavetes, who I think is a sure bet for stardom, is terrific as a man who's always in trouble. Sidney Poitier, you'll never forget him if you saw Blackboard Jungle, makes the most of another tremendous part.
0: The thing is, a man's gotta make a choice. You know what I mean? There are the men, and then there are the lower forms and a guy's gotta make a choice. You go with the men and you're 10 feet tall. You go with the lower forms and you are down in the slime.
3: Well, what happens if you don't want
0: to go with anybody? Then you are alone, man, and that's the worst.
5: But he's not all alone. There's the girl, Kathleen McGuire. She's not the type you'll find in the soap opera. Jack Warden is completely believable. As the kind of guy who really is the lowest of the lower forms of life.
0: Charlie, he's nothing. I mean, he can't hurt you. He can't hurt you. Like in my life, Charlie ain't that much. Well, that's the difference between us, T.
1: Because in my life, it's all Charlie. Look, T, I'm in trouble. I can go to jail for 20 years.
5: A man is ten feet tall looks at real life and looks at it without batting an eye. To a script girl, a movie is usually just another job. But not a man is ten feet tall. This one is different in its setting, its story, and its people. When you see it, I'm sure you'll agree.
6: No Way Out with Richard Woodmark.
5: Instead of Johnny.
7: That's your favorite question, ain't it? Only the last time you asked it wasn't about being dead.
5: You scum.
7: It was why couldn't it be you I married to instead of Johnny?
5: You dirty scum.
7: Sounded good in the dark.
5: I should have killed you.
7: You had other things on your mind.
0: What is it, Dr. Brooks? This man has stolen a scalpel. He's got it hidden on him. I want him searched. Hand it over, Biddle. I ain't got it, Doc. Are you sure there's one missing?
5: I checked out three, Dr. Wharton. We've only found two. He's had
0: every opportunity to take it. Miss Blake and I had our backs to him most of the time. The scalpels were lying right here on the instrument table. And all he had to do was...
6: with Clark Gable.
5: Tell me who you really are.
0: Never mind what my name was. You talk about freedom. You think I've got freedom? I got a past I'd like to forget, but I can't get away from it. Any more than you can get away from what you are. Close shot. Yeah. Oh, uh, Roel, could you hold it a few minutes? I see we have some visitors. Yeah, go ahead, Clark. You are with us on stage 22 at Warner Brothers Studio in Burbank, California. Miss Yvonne Carlo and I have just played a scene from Band of Angels. Robert Penn Warren's bestseller. A story of colorful old New Orleans in the deep south. Band of Angels is daringly unusual. Boldly presented. Its emotions are violent. Its passions primitive... It's conflict's vigorous, fiery, explosive.
5: I'm getting out of here, come hell and brimstone, and you'll never see hiding a hair of me again.
0: Pick it up. You can cock it while I count to three. You're a fool. I could outshoot you on any terms. One. Two.
7: No, Hamish, no. Why did you have to tell me this?
0: Because you wondered why I wouldn't marry you. I would, Manny, if you could have taken the truth about me. You'd always hate me. There's no place for you here. Or anywhere with me. So you joined that band of angels. Excuse me, Rauru, if I don't shy too easily. White soldiers are on their way here to get you right now, but I wanted the satisfaction of taking you in. Put those on. You've just seen a few of the many exciting moments from Band of Angels you meet a lot of interesting characters in it. People as completely unusual as the story they live in. Band of angels. I think
6: you'll like it. He did this, re- Sidney did this really tough movie with Rock Hudson uh, set in Africa, something of value.
0: An Englishman, for may this oath kill me and my family. We need a symbol, a sign, a name, here it is.
3: No, What are we supposed to do? Pack up and get out because their grandfathers were here first? I was born here too. This is my country. Here. Killing's no answer. we got to give the African a chance, chance. to show. The black man's had Africa for a million years. It'd still be a jungle if we hadn't moved It's not a question of black or white. That's exactly what it is, black or white. But something of value is more than hate and fury. It is the story of a man and woman who cling to something of value in their devotion to country and to one another.
7: I wish it could always be like this moment. Safe and warm and peaceful. Always like this.
3: Home is always like this. Something of value is charged with suspense As boyhood friends become mortal enemies And man hunts man Don't make me do it For Peter Mackenzie, The Africa of his dreams was lost When terror struck Gone All but a memory A hope and a woman's love
2: how much i love you and miss you and need you it
7: isn't the same is
4: it yes
7: you make me feel ashamed
3: Only the realism of motion pictures can let you see the startling facts and feel the full impact of this powerful story. Don't miss Rock Hudson in the boldest African drama of all.
6: those movies uh, influenced made an impression on the Academy, not just a flu but, but it said, you know what? It's not just Liz in the Field. He's given us this Absolutely. young actor has Absolutely. given us a body of good performances already. And, and I
4: think, you know, what's interesting too, I think Hollywood at the time, you you know, you, I think it's a good point because there's been a number of actors. Can anybody say Al Pacino. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who actors who did much better work than they were were given uh, uh, the, Oscar the Oscar for. Form. But uh I think the interesting thing about Sydney is that people worked with him, they wanted to work with him again. That that film you mentioned um something of value uh it was not only was it based on a novel but it was produced by Pandro S. Berman who's the same oh, producer Berman. Yeah, Pam Berman, same producer of Patch of Blue. Oh, there you go. And the reason and I know this is because go. I love that movie so much, I actually bought the book. I've read oh, the book Oh, uh, man. of the original book for uh Patch of Blue. That's how much of it. And you know,
6: and and, and and yes, you're 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 right, I'm older than you. And uh one time I tell you about seeing uh Enrico Caruso in concert. Uh but I I remember when a Patch of Blue came out, and it wasn't you know a movie that played exclusively at a theater like Grauman's Chinese Theater or The Egyptian in Hollywood. It it just, you know, it opened it opened wide. And it was a very simple movie. It didn't open with a lot of fanfare, but you were just so touched by it. Yeah, oh man, I, I love that. I love that movie.
4: Well, I and, do too. I I love it. I love the score. I, I love the book. all of it. The uh, score I,
6: works know. the way that it was shot. It was yes. perfectly shot in black and white. And yes,
4: uh, it was. Yes, it it was. was, and it was. Just as for film geeks here, it was, uh, Pan Berman's final film
6: that he oh. produced. So. Yeah, and, and nothing about about Sydney. I I read a report. It was on Twitter, and, and the first black. The the, the first black actor to be nominated, uh, in a lead role. And I went, okay, if you just, which I knew what they were were going for, but if you use the, if you use the word actor to refer to male and female, Mm. that was wrong because the first, the first black entertainer to be nominated for an Oscar for a lead role performance was Dorothy Dandridge for Carmen Jones.
4: This is correct. This is and This, then is, this I, is why I brought you, Bobby. Just
6: so. Thank you. And then ironically, 1959 was her last film because in between that sizzling dynamic performance she gave in, in Carmen Jones and 1959, Hollywood had no other offers for her. So, you know, she did films I think in Great Britain, but being black she had no more opportunities and then in 1959 she gets the lead role in Porgy and Bess and who's her co-star? Sidney Poitier who did not do his own singing. He was dubbed by Bobby McFerrin's father.
4: Mm that yep well i i i definitely uh well i'm glad you took some time here to talk about sydney portier uh and i just want to mention uh that i I recommend because i read it again when i was a teenager uh a book called this life which was his first uh autobiography uh because he wrote two more after that but i do recommend it because uh i have these images of him as a young man growing up in in the caribbean and and i never forgot uh, just what his whole path to becoming who he was, especially at the time he did, it's still a phenomenal achievement.
6: You know, can, can I mention one more thing about Sidney before we, we sign off? hmm Okay. What he did to break through Hollywood stereotypes of images of black men, what he did as a groundbreaker in that category in Hollywood was so major and significant. Because the first black man to receive an Oscar was James Baskett. And it was an honorary Oscar. And he got it for playing Uncle Remus in Disney's Song of the South. So he's basically playing a plantation character in a Disney fantasy because it had live action and and animation. And who else is in the film with you, doing a musical number was Hattie McDaniel as the plantation cook. And she was a groundbreaker as the first black person ever nominated for an Oscar. And she won Best Supporting Actress for Gone with the Wind. So you go from Uncle Remus, which probably was pleasing to Hollywood at that time because, oh, here's the here's the nice genteel black man who lives, you know, in a, not, in, in a little shack with no indoor plumbing, you know, or, or whatever Hollywood thought at that time. And then you get to the fifties where you get a fully realized image of a black person. And it's played by, by Sidney and it, he gets his first best actor Oscar nomination for the defiant ones. And in, And those other films, like I mentioned, No Way Out, Edge of the City, Band of Angels, Something of Value, they really shook up America's idea of a black person on the big screen, I believe.
4: Oh, I 100% agree. I think as many, many people, their first encounter with black people or black culture is from film or television or the news and media is, plays a huge role in how we're perceived. It certainly does.
6: It certainly does.
4: I a hundred percent agree. Well, thank you. Uh, Bobby rivers. How, How can people follow you and read because you write on film and, and, and what,
6: if you, if you have Twitter, if you go to Twitter you can follow me at Bobby rivers, TV, Bobby rivers, TV. And then if you connect with me there, You know, I'll take you over to my blog spot, you know, which is bobbyriverstv.blogspot.com where I write about new and old movies.
4: Okay, that sounds like it could be a song. Take me over to your blog spot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thank you, Bobby Rivers. I must take a break now, play some of the scores from some Sidney Poitier films before I end my conversation with Bobby Rivers. I hope you've been enjoying this conversation. And if you have, of course, you know you should take the time now to make a phone call and make a pledge in the name of WBAI, in the name of Night Shift. Doing this tribute to Sidney Poitier because of what he meant to me to many, many, many others here in the world, those who loved him for his film work, for his activism, and just being the great man and storyteller and all the things he did in his life. He's someone who you should look up, not just of his film work, but we're talking primarily of that here. But I say all that to say that if you're enjoying this program and the programs that you hear on this station, please take the time. Right now, pick up the phone, 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. We've been taking you down memory lane talking about Sidney Poitier, his effect on our lives, what it meant for film, for race relations, for careers, all these things. Hopefully you've enjoyed these very deep, personal conversations talking about a great man and the effect he had on us. I'm Mike Sargent. This is listener-sponsored radio WBAI. Please, right now is the time. Go to WBAI.org. you find all kinds of ways to make a pledge. We have a tower fund, which hopefully you know something about. That is our ability to keep this station on the air. We have to pay to have our signal transmitted from the tower. We call it the tower fund. That's what we're really focusing on right now. So... Two one two two zero nine two nine five zero. Make a pledge. Say, "Hey, you know, I'd like to just support fifty dollars, hundred dollars, two WBAI to what we're doing here." Right now, though, sit back and listen to some scores from some films starring Sydney Portier.
1: the fishermen and making them disciples marching in Jerusalem over palm branches in pomp and splendor see him in the garden praying to his father in deep sorrow Pilate, then they crucified him, but he rose on Easter, amen, amen, Amen. Amen. hallelujah, he died to save us, and he lives forever.
2: Mama. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
6: This is really great to talk about about Sir Sydney. Did you know he was a Sir? I did not know he was a Sir. He was a he, Sir. And the night about 1994, he was knighted by the Queen. So, well we when we said to Sir with love. Well,
4: there that it was, is. There, there it you is. go. You know, uh, it's funny. I will share one last Sydney memory because I, I, I feel I want to go out on this. I, I my my greatest Sydney moment. Uh-huh. Uh, was in 2011, uh, the film society of Lincoln center had the Chaplin award gala for oh. Sidney Poitier it was at Alice Tully hall and another luminary brought me as his date. And that was Melvin Van Peebles. Oh my gosh. But I, does it get any better than that? No. Melvin Van Peebles brought me today. And we he were, was
6: wonderful. Melvin uh, was wonderful. Oh,
4: we were in the front row. Okay. I oh. got to watch Bill introduce him. I got to watch Lulu sing to Sir with love. Uh, oh, I got man. to see all of his co-stars come up and and fet him in, and it was just amazing. And then it was the after, you know, event. So I, I got to be within feet of Sydney, oh. but <laughs> but it was it was a pretty amazing moment just to see him live, to see all these you know these icons, these people you grew up watching. Right, uh, you know, definitely a moment for me. Great memory. All right. Well, thank you, Bobby, for sharing your memories of Sidney Portier.
6: Thanks for thinking of me.
7: you trying to do to me I'm blind out the mind With love Good sweet thing Hear me shout I know this good love
4: And this has been Night Shift. It's been a Night Shift Sidney Poitier special. I had special guest Bobby Rivers here speaking with me. And we were talking about the career of Sidney Poitier, the films he's been in, and what some of them meant to us, particularly Patch of Blue and a few others. And you heard some of the scores I played to Shoot to Kill, Patch of Blue, Lilies of the Field, two Jerry Goldsmith scores. If you know Night Shift, you know me, then you know Jerry Goldsmith, Sidney Poitier, Those are some perfect combinations for me. And then the score to Shoot to Kill was by John Scott. So, until next time, until next year, this has been Night Shift.
3: 11 p.m. New Year's Eve, right here on WBAI FM. I can't live like this anymore.
6: I just can't. You think we're wicked? You have been listening to In the Beginning with Larry Josephson.
5: This is the mic check for Cat Radio Cafe.
0: Testing. Testing. Tune into Cat Radio Cafe Tuesday night at nine here on
5: WBAI. I'm Janet Coleman. I'm David Dozer. The Displaced Playwright on Tuesday, December 27th at 9 p.m. will be joined by jazz artist Douglas R. Ewart and David Rothenberg, another David Rothenberg, and art gallerist Gwena Lee Zerscher to discuss the art of Counterpoint, Eight Musicians Make Art, an exhibit now on view at Gallery Zerscher, 33 Bleecker Street. Tuesday night at 9 here on WBAI. Cat Radio Café. The cats drink coffee. How do you think they stay up all night? I thought it was instinctive. Well, yeah. coffee helps. Oh. Hi, listeners. Don't want to use the website or the call center to contribute to WBAI? That's okay. Please feel free to send your check or money order to WBAI, 3rd Floor, 388 Atlantic Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11217. Please make your check or money order out to Pacifica-WBAI. We thank you for your donation and hope that you will spread the word and tell your friends. And please keep on listening.
7: We listen to WBAI.